the radar charts with oh, basic radar charts. I mean, no radar charts. And radar charts are bad. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined by the one true originator, creator, owner of the NHL style rankings, often imitated and absolutely never coming close to being duplicated. Sarah (laughs) Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? I am fabulous. Yes, we have trademarked the style rankings as unofficially as you can with a little emoji in the emoji store. Is it a TMM instead of TM? It's TMM. Ooh, look at us. Yes, in fact, it is. And I just got back from Las Vegas and I, I had the best time of my life at the When We Were Young festival with Blink-182, Green Day, Simple Plan, who... So I was beefing with them at the beginning. I joked with my friends that they're French Canadian. So like, I don't want to go see them. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But like, they ended up being probably the best show in the entire festival. I was blown away. So shout out Simple Plan and Pierre. I don't even know if they're French Canadian. His name's just Pierre. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> if anybody else was there, you weren't out best friends. That was such a wholesome weekend in Las Vegas somehow. Okay, I'm done. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we would not be too many men if we did not have the woman who wears so many hats. It's amazing that she can still keep her hair as glorious and multicolored as it is. <laughs> the multitasking, the expert on all, the athletics, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. How are you? What's good. That was, it just warms my heart every time. <laughs> well, that, really, I got to start cross-dishing these on a pillow. I got to take up a new hobby. <laughs> That's my job. Well, my friends, let's get to it. We have so much to talk about. The NHL has decided to cram 6,042 games down our throats in three days or less, in addition to piling on a bunch of good and not so good news. And there's also tons going on in the hockey world in general. And hey, folks, new Taylor Swift album to take in and enjoy to your heart's content. We've got to go immediately to Sarah's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? Bitto news. Ooh, sultry, sultry <laughs> Bitto news. Well, let's go to the very unsultry, uh, starting with some of the big on the ice hockey news. And that is that in the eve of the big outdoor game, one of 804 of those that there are, um, Connor McDavid out for one to two weeks. And when I saw his last shift, I did think it was actually going to be lower body just the way he kind of tangled his lower body. But interestingly, the report is that it is an upper body injury, obviously a big loss for Edmonton that is really, really struggling out of the gate. Sarah, what do you make of this Connor McDavid news? I mean, it sucks, but it's not like everything immediately fell apart when McDavid was injured and he's only out for two weeks. So I think if this team could get its shit together before he comes back, that would be a really good omen and it's like that's actually what needs to happen or it's really bad vibes like maybe they're just thinking okay everything will be fine when McDavid comes back and I guess that's just been the entire theme of this team for years so I'd like to see them turn it around before he comes back 
that's a really good point, Sarah. It's not like they were fine and this is now going to hurt them. They're already hurting. Um, and I would like the record to show that I am the one person who said I'm not all in on the Oilers for exactly shit like this. Um, but Shana, some of the reports have been, and I have not admittedly been able to watch Edmonton super, super close, but they worked on some systematic changes coming into this season. And it seems that they're not taking to them fully effectively. Is this not enough preparation in camp or what do you make of Connor McDavid being out and what's going on with the Oilers in general? Yeah, that systematic change is so interesting to me because it's like the Oilers were playing some of their best hockey when they went into the playoffs last year that it's like, why are you breaking what didn't what wasn't broken? I know in the playoffs that kind of fell apart defensively, but it just doesn't make sense. It's not like this is so much of a different team from last year that you would make some dramatic change. Just build on what you're doing. And the defense is such a wreck right now. The goaltending is bad, but it's not the I think defense is the bigger problem. So I I don't get it. But Sarah's right. Like they need to learn how to win without Connor McDavid and they're just not doing it. But I'm kind of curious if he returns to the outdoor game. We saw that report that it's possible, and I get it because it's a marquee event, but it just feels like you might run the risk of re-aggravating it. Like, look what just happened with Taylor Hall. He's out for weeks now because he came back too soon. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he can come back. And to your point, I mean, can we talk about what Skinner was doing? I mean, why are goalies just randomly leaving the net and skating like 300 feet away like their job is to live in their home like stay in your I little feel like happy they home overdo it though because they're like well somebody has to right and you'll oh, see wow. a goalie well, over not you it's not no. you i know it's i really cannot be overcompensating <laughs> they have one quality start so far it was campbell Oof. versus nashville that's it both goalies are a wreck like it's after such a good preseason Oof. well you know preseason doesn't count for anything in this league yeah, right. um, but another player who's going to be definitely missing the Heritage Winter Historic Outdoor Classic Homage game, that I like to call it, um, is Rasmus Anderson of the Calgary Flames, who took a needless, in my opinion, hit in like literally with like 10 seconds left in a game against Columbus, where the game was already clearly decided in Columbus's favor. Patrick Line was the recipient of the hit. He's still out Rasmus Anderson was suspended for four games that was upheld by the commissioner and he will not be playing outside Sarah did you like the ruling on Anderson does it fit the crime yeah that was egregious egregious and gross like and that's bestie of the pod Patrick Line you're talking about I think that was totally unnecessary and just exactly the type of hit that everybody can and did agree is not welcome or needed in the game anymore Shayna Yep. Agreed. And like, it's, it's tough for the flames because I think Anderson got off to a great start on the ice, but you don't need to do that. And when you cause injury to a player and they miss so much time, like I get the appeal in that no one's been handed out such stiff punishments, but like they need to be, you can look at any game. Look at last night, Cal Clutterbuck hitting uh Brandstrom so unnecessarily mm -hmm. like he released the puck and he still goes for the hit. And I'm watching it so many times over the amount of time in between the hit and him losing the puck it's not necessary. You're a professional hockey player. You know how to change course. So that goes for Anderson. You don't need to make a hit like that. Absolutely. And you're not going to see that overturned by the commissioner, especially this early in the season, but two players potentially not playing outside uh, one player who is playing and let's get into this. There's so many facets to it. I'm just going to share the sum total of where we are. And then I'll let you guys comment on what struck you about the journey of how we got here. A player who's definitely playing is Arizona's Travis Dermott. 
And this was the first player who chose to actively put pride tape on the shaft of his stick and openly defy the ruling that had come out from the NHL that there was to be no cause related tape on players sticks in games or warmups or practices. And the report came out from the Pride Tape Company that this was something that he was likely planning to do earlier. It's just that his order of Pride Tape was delayed, which I love. Um, But he was one of many voices that came out and spoke out, both not just in words, but in action against um, the ban of Pride Tape. And lo and behold, the league backtracked. Players now are allowed to use it. This was a needless waste of time, a needless distraction. We talked about this a lot last episode Um, But Sarah, what strikes you about how we got back to this place of, again, as my opinion has always been, not just about it being pride tape, but freedom of expression for our players? Um, I think probably where to begin that it took one fucking player to do it. Like, what was the plan? And it, it goes to show about how this league actually hasn't been a pillar of advocacy, if you will, that the league depended on players not speaking out. And then it was Travis Dermott and other players started to get pit. You could see there was Matt Dumba's reaction where he said, you're not going to get any answers from the league about why this happened because they can't get out of their own way and they don't give players answers for things. It also strikes me as um, new NHLPA, what is it? Leader, president, director. Director Marty Walsh is making a few statements in his um, tenure right now that haven't happened before. Right. And he's really advocating for the players, I think. And they were able to have these discussions. And you saw um, Anson Carter on TNT kind of speak to that, where he said he hands it to Gary Bettman for listening to them. And hearing them out and changing course and knowing he made a mistake and said that it's about protecting the league and the certain players that were against pride tape. And then they decided that that was a mistake. I don't really agree with that. I think he's being generous for Gary and maybe you do have to start somewhere, but I think it was him seeing the unequivocal almost backlash of this horrible decision that made him overturn and the negative press that the league was getting and players speaking out again. So it just shows players using their agency and they do have power and Literally nothing happened to him. So exactly. And shout out to Anson Carter for wearing a rainbow themed um, pocket scarf and tie uh, this past Wednesday. Shayna, what stuck out to you about this journey that we had to go through to get back to the fact that players should just be able to put on their sticks, whatever they effing want to put. That the NHL cannot get out of their own way. That every time that there's an opportunity for the NHL to like rise to the occasion, they completely fuck it up. It's it at every single facet. It's from how you view the game. It's how you go to games. Everything about everything about it. They somehow screw up. And this is a prime example of it because this was something that didn't have to happen. They could have stopped at the jerseys, which was wrong. And I think would have kept coming up as Pride Nights happen, as Hockey Fights Cancer Night happens, and you don't see the donations from the game worn, uh, warm up worn jerseys. Like all of that would have just kept coming up. But to ban something that was not mandatory is ridiculous and with this situation literally what were their options i love that travis dermott kind of tied their hands because their options were to find him and look like total assholes to do nothing and look soft after they put in such a harsh ban or to do this which makes them look worse too but it's like for the greater good like now something good happens from it but like obviously they don't look good but all the credit to dermott i wonder 
if the inspiration came to like, first of all, is someone that wears pride tape, not just on pride night. So that I think is important to note, but other players speaking out over something like you mentioned, Sarah, like we never see this pushback. The fact that we did, I think is so huge here that I wonder if that kind of fueled him a little bit more because he wasn't completely alone in this. Like he had the support of other players who were speaking up for once, literally ever for once we're seeing players speak up. So that's big, but it's funny seeing the discourse like, oh, he's a fringe player. Like he's not a fringe player. He's a good player, but there is risk as a two on a two-way contract, a one-year deal. We've seen teams forgive less for better players. And we've seen teams completely forget about players or avoid them entirely for lesser ones. So it's nice that something good came of this. Cause I think he, he took on some risk for that for, for doing this. Right. So good for him. You know, you'd like to see it from superstars, but we never got the chance to see if anyone else would follow suit, but you know, he deserves all the credit in the world. And he was so spot on saying like, we have a huge platform where NHL players, we have to use it like fucking right. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, someone gets it. I thought it was funny that people were like the worst defenseman in the world. Just yes. made a good point. Like he's not, he, he's he is on like defenseman. A, he's yeah. good. He's not I, I, bad. Yeah. He's not a star. I get the point, but they were like the worst guy that's ever lived. Like it was just. Kind of yeah. Funny. I think, I think the point, like what, what people should have been thoughtful about saying is exactly what Shana said is that this was a player who had more to lose than yes. other players in the league and yeah. took a bigger risk. Yeah. than maybe other players had to take, but uh, yeah. kudos to him. And I also want to, um, you know, the, the Kraken's JT Brown uh, shared in an article, it was the player inclusion coalition that also did a bunch of work on this. And there's so many athletes in this game um, in all venues of it that are part of that. And so I know there were many people um, Travis Dermott certainly deserves a bazillion kudos, but kudos to all those voices that spoke up in different ways. Alan Walsh and acted up and acted up. What about you? You wore your wrist, your pride wristband. JT Brown's suit was lined with, you know, pride fabric, like Mm -hmm. the flames anthem singer with the pride, pride tape on her mic, like little Mm -hmm. things like that. Little gestures I think are so meaningful. I know you weren't going to pat yourself on the back. So I had to, sorry. But there are many people that we did see, but also many people I I do believe that we didn't see um, who helped affect this change. And I think that, that's really valuable and important. And I do want to give a shout out. Um, usually I'm pretty Kraken agnostic, but I did share this on Twitter. I loved um, that the Kraken released their celebration night jerseys this week and that the language that went out in accompanying those in the press release was at the Seattle Kraken. We are proud to be an organization that serves our fans and welcomes everyone into our hockey community. This year, we're excited to continue honoring our diverse community with our celebration and recognition nights. And I just, in times like these, that language is so valuable and important. And so it's it's many little things coming together to, to help make this happen. And hopefully we won't have many more uh, things happening that we have to talk about like that. We but will. Good, we will. Yeah, it's of true. course we're going to. I love that the Kraken though, like they're the team that have been here for the you know least amount of time and they're setting the bar, not only with statements like that, right, for how they're putting out all of their different theme jerseys, but like look at the front office and look at some of the diversity within it. Look at the broadcasting mm-hmm. crew. Look at, it, it's not just talking. It's not just putting out a couple things. Like I feel like they're really showing everyone how it's done and how you can be an inclusive team with different voices and that's what makes them so cool right it's like the same reflected on the ice i feel like contributors from everybody everywhere like that's what you're getting from them and i think it's sick for sure and i do want to give a shout out also that 
um, after Travis Dermott did um, wear the pride tape on a stick, their ownership came out too um, and gave quotes to Craig Morgan in support of this too. So I think we're seeing a lot of, of good coming out of this. Yes, Sarah. And shout out to Craig Morgan and local journalism, because without yes. somebody like him who is so dedicated to the Coyotes beat, you're not going to get a story like this. So, or well, you will, but like, you're not going to get an in-depth Mm -hmm. story where people are asking for quotes who actually know the ownership and know the context. So shout out to him and shout out to the coyotes. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a, it's a very important point, Sarah. This is why many of us clamor for local journalism is that you need people who are there, who can tell these stories as they happen and who have the relationships Mm -hmm. to not only be able to get access to ask the questions, but have the trust to get the answers that are real and not just boring quotes and cliches. So yes, 1 million percent. Um, all right, let's stick kind of on the ice. And that is an, oh, I have opinions. Um, Shane, I bet you do too. We have actually not spoken about this because so much else was going on. Um, Morbid O'Neill. I literally can't believe we haven't talked about this at all. So this, is, this is good. This is good. This got content. Well, <laughs> like what we're about folks. to talk about. <laughs> the, the NHL released edge they it's called nhl edge and it's their new quote unquote advanced analytics data and all the people who wrote the articles because the nhl asked you to we see you (laughs) but here we are um listen i've gone through it i've played with it a little bit It, it is definitely a start um my biggest concern is that for people who want, if people just want to enjoy the game, amazing. But people who are going to try and assign value or understanding to things, I continue to worry about what we're presenting. Just because a player is fast doesn't mean they're good. Just because a player is slow doesn't mean they're bad. Just because a player is skating more doesn't have anything to do necessarily with their abilities. And what we do know is there is so much in this tracking data that they aren't sharing. Um, and I'd also like them to invest some tech resources in fixing their website. Um, but those were some, I, it's a great start, but I just, I continue to have concern for how we're presenting it and asking fans to use it without thoughtful introductions and thoughtful presentation and accessibility. Shana, what did you think? Yeah, the presentation is something like I wished some of this information you could literally go in a table and look at it and compare and have this information. It's hard without a historical background, too. And that's understandable that we don't have there's only been tracking for so many years. The fact that we have last year, I think, is a surprise. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just feels like you're you're giving new information that none of us know how to use. None of us know how to put into context. Yeah, we're all like learning. <laughs> and the way it's presented, it it just, it's like going to be used in bad faith so often. And it's, I mean, it's frustrating too. This is fanciful data. And yes, there are some insights we're going to learn how to take from it, but there's so much more. Like this doesn't even come close to scratching the surface and it's information they have, but just have not given us. And like, we'll see if we ever get publicly zone entries and zone exits and passing data and actual shot location data, or maybe for goalies, where on the net a, a shot or a goal is taken because it's some information that is collected. So it just feels like this is fun and cool and great, but the radar charts with basic oh, radar charts. I mean, no radar charts. And radar charts are bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't like, 
gone through it that much until last night, really. Like Joe Smith asked a question about the wild and he's trying to find insights from it. And there were some interesting Uh-oh. things that were a jumping off point, like defensive zone time was it that zone time is interesting to me because then you can go so but you have to go somewhere else. You have to go to evolving hockey. Now look at even strength and the shots and the scoring chances against you can't all get it from the same place. It's right. I think a jumping off point that's gonna, you know, can spark a conversation, but and it's zone not the time doesn't piece. necessarily mean possession. That's the other thing yeah. too that's driving me mad. People are now talking about zone time like it's the end all be all, and that doesn't mean you did anything. I think and about Kale McCarr and ways. goes against. Kale McCarr is going to be in the other person's zone with the with the puck. Mm-hmm. This is Doesn't, true. I think, too, on broadcast when we've seen it used, they've had it like two different ways and it was kind of confusing at first. One was like actual possession time and one was just zone time and they weren't clarifying it on broadcast when this first came out too, which was weird. But it's like you have both. To have that comparison will be interesting. Because- but you don't have both. That's the thing. Yeah. There's, no, yeah. there's no chip in the sticks. So we actually, in our tracking data cannot prove puck on stick time we can't yeah so so this is this is again why i'm so frustrated is that we're gonna go oh my gosh they're in the zone all the time okay great but like i'm gonna i'm gonna share our chat like yesterday carolina played the kraken and we all know they're the corsi canes they shoot from everywhere they're not necessarily great shots and they were in there in the attack zone the whole time but their shots weren't really that great and halfway through this game, in our chat, people will remain nameless. We're saying that the Canes were not playing well. <laughs> they were just shooting a lot. <laughs> so, again, zone time is not necessary. It's a, I said it's they a stink. <laughs> I can say that because me and Rod are besties. And he's this, a true friend of the pod. It is yes, true. It's a fun. fact that they were in the zone, but it's not necessarily a fact that they were doing good things or doing things that lead to winning necessarily. It's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that we, if we were to talk about Corsi, what would be the first thing that a traditionalist would put uh, like push back on? They'd say not all shots are created equally. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many shots, how many scoring chances, how many got on goal. And those yeah. are good. It, that's why it's a starting point. So like this is our starting point, but you have to do so much more digging. And it's so frustrating to me that you you are the NHL. I get it. You're not going to release everything to fans. But the fact that you can't even get basic information that you have to look elsewhere and use proxies and things like that. It's infuriating. It's legitimately infuriating. That, but like, you're you at least doing do that. This is the problem. Oh, but that's the, the thing. The, no the one casual else. fan is just going to yeah. say, oh, this is all I need. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to say, well, let me go look at evolving hockey now. Like some of them don't want to look there. They don't know to look there. It's not like the NHL is like, go somewhere else now. They're right. not telling you. They're going to say, use our site. And our site happens to be shit. So if it loads for you, here's your shit data. If it's like devil's advocate, I think it's fun to see who's going the fastest. And I I don't know. For sure. No, it's totally fun. But it's like, I totally agree with you guys at the same time. And I think some of our amazing analysts and statisticians could make (laughs) the info a little more accessible and easier to find. I, I think some people, but I think it's niche in a niche sport. So I get what you guys are saying that when you actually put accessible data at an accessible place, people might accidentally use it poorly. So I think we need to find some type of common ground and that would probably be hiring better people to make these, or, well, oh my God, no offense to whoever made that That person's (laughs) wonderful. I didn't mean to say it like that, but like, um, 
I don't know. I don't you know. You need more nerds in higher places, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Who who are gonna say this is it it's it's having that perspective because who else is gonna know how to use this? You should have the more traditional voice in the conversation too, saying, Well, the common fan they can speak for, right? But you need someone from the nerdy side too pushing and you need it that those in the NHL offices who are working on this are willing to listen to that because it just it does feel like there's a little bit more of a middle ground we could have come to with the information that's being presented right now what they're willing to give us right but it just we're not there yet and I think I just don't think we're going to see like the right takeaways from it I think that there's things that are going to be valuable right if you look at the slowest skating teams right and let's say the islanders are bottom five and you notice the fact that they're, they're taking a lot of penalties this year you might be like yeah because they're trailing the play of course they're going to take more penalties you have to find ways it, I, I hope people but also work. but also here's the thing slower skating might is might be also because of the systems and not necessarily yep. the aptitude of the player so th- these are right. the things that we have like yes we're jumping but, to conclusions right. and it's and it's gonna it's say like there's a quote that's everything ha- I never everything happens for a reason has never sat well with me but the quote is Yes, everything happens for a reason. And the reason you're an idiot and you make bad decisions. Like sometimes <laughs> it's just like there's not a reason behind these stats. Well, and yeah. you know what you need? And I'm not trying to be an ass is like, what is the story? We are not putting data driven communication around this. We just threw out a bunch of information yep. and said, this is cool. And Sarah, I'm totally with you. It is cool to see who's the fastest. But before we assign meaning to it is my concern. Yeah. And there's yeah, no right. like, there's no glossary. There's no, here's how to use this. Like all the these no articles glossary were like, yay, sending no. me, sending me. <laughs> just vibe. No glossary, need, just skate fast. I need it. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's all of it too. Like if, look, we're nerds, right? Allison, when we write a story, how many times you hear, do you watch the game? And how about like all that kind of stuff? When you find numbers, how often do you take the numbers if they're answering a question or not answering it and you confirm it with the video, Right. This is the same thing. And it's funny because I feel like the people who are going to use it are the people that would tell you you have to do that. And it's like, are you right? Go back to the example with the Islanders. If I'm saying that, right, that's my first tie together. I'm going to go back and watch the video and go, maybe that's the case. I know, you know, the systems are this and that, but maybe this is how I can tie it together. You have to watch, go back and find the context to support it. And I just feel like that's not going to happen. And so much of this is going to be like, put out into like the hockey sphere and everyone's just going to like take it as gospel when it's like, we don't know how to use this yet. We still have to get there. And even then it doesn't mean it's going to apply to everyone. Well, and the issue, like, I can't even tell you now, like I am like literally crying over some of the things I'm seeing put out like in stories and on social media, because folks, we haven't even hit 10 games and people are like this person has the greatest goal saved above expected. Yes. And they played two more games than everyone else on the list. Mm-hmm. Like hello. Or like if, I go to a Tuesday game and this person wears blue on a Friday. They have the best shot. Like, stop it. Like you need at least 10 games and you need to have, don't just use data to say someone is good. Like. Yeah, exactly. That's what is always. And why are we, can we discuss this 50% thing that no player is rated below 50%? Well, you know what? That's the other uh, problem with uh, you the... got the hand raise. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Are you at? Do you are you gonna? Keep no, going? I just we're, no. I was. <laughs> it's like, can we discuss this? Is it coming up for me now? <laughs> no, we don't. I don't think we get it. Like, <laughs> it's just like when she makes a really good point. Zoom I feel like is it only for like... like who's hosting the Zoom? No, it's oh, supposed maybe. to be for everyone. We'll we'll, well, we'll clip this and share this joy with you people, so yeah. you can see what happened. Well, I wrote it down. Okay. 
Go ahead, Sarah, 50%. The other thing that pops in my head about data that's distributed by the league and made by the league, it's kind of like, you. do you want to make your players look bad? At what point are agents going to the league and being like, hey, I don't want this data about my player to be distributed by the NHL. I, I wonder if they can get away with making more favorable data public and available because there's no context. So that's another issue maybe. Well, and like, look, we do, it is publicly available who scores the most goals and who doesn't like this, this data is in no way. That's again, the point, like none of this data is no one data point is damning or fully endorsing of any player. And like this lack of going below 50% while I get the immediate knee jerk reaction, I think it's short-sighted. It's like to rescale the percentiles. You're like, Let's, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, anyway, so good job. Good try. A for effort. Z Is for it? execution. We'll say. Did you have something else, Shana? No, no, no. I, it's there. Do I plan on using it much? No. Exactly. There, there's, there's the takeaway. Yeah. All right. Well, we were talking about games and how many games there were. We had our frozen friend frenzy on Tuesday, my friends, on a Tuesday, not a Saturday or a Sunday. Going up (laughs) Tuesday, all thirty-two teams played. Um, I was working one of those. uh, All thirty-two teams played. I was working one of the sixteen games that was being played, so I was unable to keep up and keep along. I did ask my husband what his thought was, and I thought this was interesting. He said, "You know, I watched it for a while, and it was good." But when the teams that I cared about started playing their games, I stopped watching and just watched the games that I would have watched. Anyway, um, thoughts or reactions on this concept? How do we think it all went down? The Frozen Frenzy, all 32 teams playing Sarah. Um, No offense, but I don't really, isn't it just what like always happens? (laughs) Like it was kind of, I I see the few times it kind of went in and uh, tried to make it a little special. And I appreciate the hype around hockey, no matter what, but I think it just reminded me of one of the days where all the games were playing at the same time. That's true. <laughs> Shana, what did you make of this frozen frenzy? Okay. So I watched a lot of it. Cause I was genuinely curious. Cause I've been someone that's been like banging on the drum for an NHL version of red zone. And the thing is they're making it like some big event that all these teams are playing when that happens all the time. And when you have nine games overlapping at once, they flashed to someone in the NHL office. I think it was Chris King. And he said that like nine games at once is nothing for us. We're used to that. Mm-hmm. So there's that little detail. I like that there was constantly hockey coverage on at times. I felt myself like clamoring for other things. Cause I'm watching him like, there's a power play here. You know, they use the dual blocks once in a while for, there was a four on four and a power play. Like I want to see that more because there's so much going on at once. Um, there should have been a cutoff a little sooner. Like, Hey, there's only three games left. We're ending it here. I think that would have been better. I think the fact that it was on a Tuesday was the big miss because you're staggering games in a way that should be done. Yes. But on a Tuesday, having a 7 PM Eastern start jump an hour later is going to be tough for fans on a Friday, on a Saturday, you can excuse it. It all comes back to the fact that no day should be stacked like this, except for Saturday. And everyone was trying to tell me as I'm like, tweeting about this they're like yeah but no one's go up against college football like they do every week you can't say that they do every single saturday they go up against college football and they're going to lose miserably but here's a way to make it more favorable so i think that there definitely is value in this i think there's a way to grow it but it's for the most part a second screen experience not a primary like you want to watch your team on one 
this will keep you engaged or maybe tell you which game to flash to. Like I was watching Buffalo, Ottawa. It was 5-1. I flipped to a different game. I saw the score getting closer. I immediately flipped back to it and I knew to have that game on. That for me is nice to have. On a Saturday night in a bar, this is ideal to have on. I think this is how you get fans because you're going to show the heights of hockey and that's going to excite people. But they're, they need to, one, do it on a Saturday. And I think that there's a time and place for it. I think it's February, March, and April, down the stretch. Have this on. Even if it's just on NHL Network and they add a streaming option, like on ESPN+, Plus, which we've seen before, right? For, I think it was women's hockey game, uh, games and world championship games, they allowed uh, NHL Network feeds to stream on ESPN+. Plus. Do that. Like, that's, I think, the middle ground. And you can really make this work. But it has to be on Saturday. And I think during the week, you have to just rebalance your schedule. 100%. Well, they tried. A for effort. Again, we're getting all those gold stars. Um, there was some, we believe, news that came out of the women's hockey world this week. Not confirmed, although the P- the PWHL did release their new official logo and an explanation of what that all represents. Um Not confirmed, but we have found some filings for what we believe to be the upcoming PWHL team names for the season. Shayna, share with us what we think they might be and what we think or what you think of those names if they are, in fact, what's going forward. Okay, so it was the Montreal Echo, the New York Sound, Minnesota Superior, Boston Wicked, Ottawa Alert, and I can't remember what Toronto was, honestly, because the they torch. were all... The Torch, the Toronto Torch. Uh, I'm underwhelmed by most of them. The Ottawa Alert is the only one, like, I really don't like the name, but it is a nod back to a team from the early 1900s, a women's hockey team in Ottawa. Great, fine, sure. The New York Sound, I don't mind, because the Long Island Sound separates New York from Connecticut, and they will be playing in Connecticut with some games in New York. That's a fine middle ground. Sure, whatever, not a problem. The rest of them, I hate it. I think that there was so much more potential, and I understand going with new names. I would have kept the Whitecaps because they're a team that they're bigger than the NWHL when they joined yep. it. They were a team. It's they're a huge part of Minnesota hockey. Like yep. I would have kept that even if they wanted to keep one CW team, like go the Toronto Furies. I wouldn't have been upset or the Canadians. Oh, like the Furies, an elite name. Like. There, there's a way to do this that I think you can nod back and then start something fresh. But these are, I, I hate the singular, like the wicked. I, I want it to end in an S. I want it. I just, I'm underwhelmed. I, I feel like these are so bad. I almost wish they put them out there to test to get better suggestions and they're going to crowdsource some ideas because this ain't it. And Sarah, one of the, after people kind of reacted just initially to these names, I saw some pretty funny tweets flying around, but just how from a, visibility and findability perspective these names might be questionable if you type in the boston wicked are you going to get a hockey team or are you going to get tickets to the next time the wicked touring show is in town for the musical is if you type in the sound are you getting a 1975 song or are you getting a hockey team (laughs) and superior could be considered one of the great lakes what what was your take on these names so far yeah michelle J, who was um a pretty big marketing person in the former Boston team pointed that out. And she said there, there were problems in the past. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been a good learning experience for the next, for this new league. And I think that's kind of the overarching theme about why people are upset with this. Um, Sometimes I think in women's hockey, 
people are looking to get mad at certain things, but I, I understand it now after kind of investigating this a little bit. And I think they just, people want the league to be the best product it can be. And they want people that have pioneered the league and have been advocates for women's hockey to have these opportunities again. And sometimes they didn't get them in this new league, or at least they haven't this thus far. So I thought Michelle J pointing that out, shout to her and in a way that wasn't, immediately like vitriol or whatever was really yep. helpful and, and a, like a prime example of it and I gotta be honest when I saw everybody complaining about this I was like oh brother here we go again complaining about the new league and then I looked at the names I was like these are really bad so I kind of they changed them but I like the nod to the past with one of them and just some things to consider 100% all right, we have one last bit of news. We told you, you guys, it is a crazy ass week. And that is the curious case of Shane Pinto. Um, we fully admit that perhaps much like you, we don't really know exactly what's going on. Um, what we do know is that Shane Pinto was suspended 41 games for gambling related activity. The statement from the NHL is very explicit in stating that the player did not bet on the NHL um, and the suspension did begin at the start of the season. So he's a bit of a ways in. This is obviously a huge suspension and some little tidbits have come out. Um, Elliot Friedman was reporting on the 32 Thoughts podcast that it's believed that Shane Pinto may have shared a login to an online gambling account with friends. Um, and that is an explicit rule that is in place for anyone who sets up a gambling account as something that cannot be done. Um, it's interesting in that this was a player that everyone was coming down on Ottawa for, for not having signed. They didn't have the cap room. And now, interestingly, if they had made the cap room, they would be down perhaps multiple players having lost the players they would have had to move and also Shane Pinto. Then, of course, there are the wrinkles of we don't exactly know what's going on, but we're punishing a player for gambling in a sport that accepts gambling. Ottawa, in fact, specifically as sponsors all the way to having their names on their helmets. And we have a swift investigation into something like this, but we still don't know what is going on with the sexual assault stories from Team Canada that have been supposedly being worked on for, I think, ever since hockey was invented at this point. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Sarah, what are the storylines that you think are most important for us to pursue in terms of nailing down the rest of this story? I immediately thought of friend of the pod, bestie of the pod, Dom Lucision. And when he took a step away from his gambling content and he had kind of the freedom to do so because he's such a unique and brilliant hockey mind and an innovator, but he had this really, really thoughtful thread that I'd like everybody to revisit now that gambling is not only gaining in popularity, it's an ad for every, you cannot escape it in sports. And then now there's this catch 22, but he just said it was, he was, going down a path where like he would live and die by it and he realized what he was doing to others I don't know at what point is gambling and a player gambling on the line of he should go to the player assistance program and not he needs to get suspended for being a bad boy like a little spanking like they're the ones that are promoting this it's like if they're promoting pink whitney or something and then the player goes to player substance abuse help. I don't know. I'm just thinking about that because the gambling addictions are real and there's a reason why 
gambling was illegal for so long. And I think we're about to be unfortunately reminded of that. I do also wonder, would he have done this if he was signed to a contract? Mm. I, the, that's a weird wrinkle in this all, right? That like he didn't have a contract at the time, but he did ex- ex- accept full responsibility of what he did. So he did. But didn't break they a say rule. this was, wasn't it, re- sorry, wasn't it reported? Okay. They kind of knew of the situation and that's why they didn't send him. Like, I well, think I, I saw- think. It, that is true. From what I have seen, and, and this was an article by Bruce Garyosh, and again, y'all, we are reporting what we have read. We do not on this one claim to know for sure what's going on. Um, but it was reported that they were working on the contract. And then when the team was made aware of the circumstances, those conversations ceased. However, it is also fair to note, to Sarah's point, that the team was already in the cap situation they were in before they were made aware of this situation. So it's not like they went ahead and signed all the other contracts that they did because they knew Shane Pinto wasn't going to be able to play. They were already in the situation working on a contract under the constraints they are currently in. And then they had to, they were told about this and then they stopped because of the constraints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just there's so much to unpack with this. It's kind of the first situation of its kind. If you don't count whatever the fuck the Evander Kane situation was, I feel bad for the kid, kind of, because it is he's wearing a bet 99 decal on his helmet, but he did break the rules. I thought Ottawa had a really nice response to this where they say they fully support him and they're going to help them and they're not abandoning him. So he took full responsibility and it is what it is. It's half the season gone. Hopefully he comes back. It's not like he did anything horrible he did what the league is promoting people to do so he did break the rule though and the rules are the rules sometimes and a clear line was drawn when i think it's what's unfortunate and while i totally get you have to respect the player and privacy and and the legality of something that still may be ongoing but the unfortunate thing is because there's so much ambiguity around this people are going to keep talking about it and people are going to keep asking about it and i wonder if there's a more definitive way to share a version of this story, but to stop people talking about it. Because I have seen implication that when Shane Pinto returns, it's likely that he will have to first report to the AHL because he will not have been played for literally half a year and he's <laughs> not going to be NHL ready. So this is going to be a story that's going to have wrinkles upon wrinkles. And I just, I do, I struggle with it. And I struggle, even we were talking about the edge data. Like, are we doing this for gambling or are we doing this because this Ooh. is interesting? Like, what are we doing? So yeah. I, I don't even know. thought about that. Yep. And now you have to think about that with everything. Is this yeah. gambling? It's even like, that's why like people are pushing for more transparency on injuries because like, well, right. people bet on this sport. And it's like, I get that to a point, but that's not the reason to do it. It's because you should have transparency because teams should be held accountable when players go in too soon and get hurt again. And something's mismanaged for the good of the game, for the good of the team, when it's for the bad of the player. Like this situation is just so messy. And like, I know there's so much speculation, like, oh, he must've been betting on games or is he throwing games? Like, I'm sorry, if that were the case, I think that would have been explicitly said to set a precedent to every other player. And I don't think he'd be welcome back in this league. Mm-hmm. You know, or he like, would have killed him with his bare yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah, like that. But it's there's this fine line with how much betting has infiltrated our lives. You're reading articles that have ads for betting. You're reading articles from people who work with betting companies. There are reasons. There are times people in this sport are not allowed to bet. And you might be on a team. 
obviously you can't bet on hockey. You might just be, I, I wasn't allowed to bet before because of access I had to things. So mm-hmm. I simply did not bet on hockey then. Like I'm not it, allowed to bet. Yeah. Like it's I don't not, like to bet. I, I, it anyway. <laughs> I, I technically am allowed because I'm someone who writes about fantasy hockey, right? Like most writers aren't allowed to, I think, but you're, a, you're the write, best fantasy hockey writer. I do believe you have an right. award. Like, year that. after year. Right. I'm the belt collector of that award <laughs> and I'm going to keep on going. Let's go. But like, I don't write about, I've been asked to write about betting and I was like, all right, let me test it for myself and learn. I wasn't able to do this before. Let me learn. I, I don't want to write about betting because the pressure of telling people how to spend money gives mm-hmm. me anxiety. I can't mm-hmm. do it. I get exactly where Don was coming from. Like mm-hmm. I I have a hard time telling people to drop someone on their fantasy team, let alone <laughs> put real money on it. And I don't put real money on it. My bets are baby bets, $2, $3. Like I'm a wimp with it. But, you know, it's so ingrained into the day-to-day of hockey coverage that it's it's so hard to come down on a player for something. Obviously something was done wrong here. If he's accepting it, the team's accepting it and everybody's on the same page. The NHLPA is not appealing it. And we've seen how active they've been too, but I just hope that the speculation stops. And I would imagine down the line, we hear from Pinto, maybe when he returns about what happened and maybe there's a way to turn this into something good to kind of talk about the challenges of betting. Right. And what, what it's become in today's like society. It's so it's so much of it. It's not just like you're going to Vegas and throwing a bet. This is, I can open my phone right now and drop all my money on bets if I wanted to within four seconds, not even blinking. Like there's not much of an, are you sure you want to do this? It's like, yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. Here, we'll give you a profit boost if you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something to watch and it's going to be something to see if we can understand the nuance of this because, you know, again, it seems strange. Um, this is another instance where we can't quite connect what we've been told about the infraction to what the CBA says is and isn't allowed. So um, we'll keep tabs on this. Again, we don't proclaim to be experts on the situation. We will report to you what we um, find and can learn, um, but we're not, this is not our investigative niche um, other than our commentary of concern of, of crisscrossing messages as, as sports, all sports, quite frankly, endorse gambling more and more and more without necessarily truly treating the consequences. Um, All right. We told you it was going to be a -a chock-a-block news episode. And and that's where we are. We've talked about a bunch of news that crosses over to hockey. Don't you all worry because we are keeping tabs on the hockey. As I mentioned, we really don't know who most teams are till about 10 games in, but we'll let you know that we are Keeping it, keeping an eye on teams like Boston, Detroit, Vegas, and Colorado that are making a claim early to say they're some of the best in the league this season. And the Flyers are gaining our attention. We're going to dig into all of that more next episode. But for now, we're going to end this episode the way that we always do. And that is with everyone's favorite game. Fuck, Mary kill. In honor of the spooky holiday season, we talked about some teams that we think are good, but Sarah, I'm going to put you on the line first. We're going to fuck, Mary kill what we think might be the three spookiest teams in terms of, holy heck, they are scary with what's going on versus what was maybe expected. Sarah, spookiest teams, fuck, Mary kill, Edmonton, Washington, Calgary. 
I'm Mary in Calgary. Nikita Zadorov's um, statements have been amazing. He's like, we're playing like fucking shit. I want to apologize to the fans and uh, Darnell. Who, um, oh God, what, like, what, who am I even thinking of? People are pissed. That's all you got to know. People are pissed. The team isn't better. <laughs> Everybody's having a meltdown. The vibes are off, um, but they're at least pissed about it. And they, I, I hate when a team is bad and nobody cares. Sadorov, I think he should be a star in the league just because he's one of the most electric quotes, electric dresser. Just love him. I am killing the caps. It's depressing me to see it not be fun for Ovi. Like I Ovi's so fun to watch when he's fun. And when it's not, it's like he's taking 13 shots a period and like nothing's happening. And I'm mom, pick me up. I'm scared. And I'm going to Fuck the what Oilers. Edmonton? Oilers, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good luck there. I like that everybody picks them to win the cup every year and they don't. So that's fun. Shayna, your turn. Okay. I'm going to kill the caps. Uh, sorry to Spencer Carberry because I think he has a bright future as a coach, yeah. but you entered a situation that I don't think anyone wants to be in. It is a year of personal achievements for Alex Ovechkin and that's it in Washington. They got off to such a great start with that retool on the fly. I was so impressed with them in the off uh, in the, at the trade deadline, and then in the off season, they simply stopped. They had all these assets they spot, stockpiled and could have really done something to thread the needle and give this team one more push for another year or two, and they didn't do it. So I don't understand where they're at, and I don't want to. Not my problem. <laughs> I don't want to touch that. I will. I'll fuck the the flames because I, I like the Markstrom bounce back. I, I'm really happy for him. He's been playing well so far, but uh, offensively, I'm so underwhelmed by this team. And some of it, I think, is roster construction. That's why losing guys like Tyler Toffoli is bad when you need finishing talent. I think that they need one superstar forward, and I don't think they have that. I think Huberto is your secondary superstar. He's your complimentary winger. He is not your game-changing play driver, and neither is Elias Lindholm. It's not Knox to them. It's just how a team should be structured, and I think the contract situation really hurts them. So oh, while the awful. defense is good, what? It's awful. Sorry, it's I was awful. just like thinking about how bad Huberto's contract is. Keep going. And Kadri on top of it, like those are big deals, and while they're going to be good for a couple of years, that window is so small, and I don't know how they get out of it without – moving a defenseman, which now will weaken a position of strength. And now you have another problem. So I see the potential, but I don't want to commit to it. And then I'll marry the Oilers because the talent is there, right? In today's game, talent wins. And our friend Connor McDavid and our friend Leon Dreisaitl are, you know, superstars. And that's what you want to build the team around. I think Bouchard is going to find his footing. It's been a little bit of a rough start. I'm not worried about him. I think Matias Ekholm is excellent. I think Connor Brown's going to bounce back. I don't like the goaltending and I struggle. Sorry. One of my dogs, I think is having a sneezing fit. I was startled at what that was, they but the something de- to tell us, <laughs> right. Well, they're pissed. Um, hopefully they're not fighting. Um, but yeah, I just, the change in defensive systems because Vegas won with it makes no sense to me. I think it's a fixable thing. So hopefully they can figure it out or not. I mean, whatever, but I'll commit to that because of the superstar talent. All right, I am going to agree with Sarah. I uh, am going to kill Washington. I really wonder if this organization and this front office is going to look back. And while I totally get and understand the whole let Ovi, you know, break all the records, like this is 
is how much is this going to debilitate the franchise long term and what's it going to take to come back from this based on the decisions they've made to keep this going and i don't want to be a part of it and i don't like it and i think it's going to be a really hard lesson to learn from and now does Ovi even do it i always thought he did but i mean the way he he would but i always thought that um, but now you look at how the team is is performing and it's concerning. Um, I'm going to fuck the Oilers because, again, as I said, they've got to prove it to me. And so far, they are not proving it to me. And you make the system change. If you do that, you have to make sure your team is ready to play like that. And to change now, I mean, you can, but this is like the whole, you know, you fire a coach and bring in a new coach. It's basically a lost season because a new coach can't make any changes mid-season. So can an existing coach say, hey, well, let's just go back to how we played. It doesn't, it's not that easy. So um, fuck the Oilers. And I'm going to marry the Flames because it's just, they're spooky. I mean, this is just like, and I feel bad because I want them to be better without Sutter and all of these items, but it's just, it's just, and I'm here for the drama. I mean, and, and the honesty, like you said, Sarah, I think that this is this is valuable. At least they care, and they, at least they're really better trying than last to fix year it. with that, right? Did we see any of this last year? Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Well, that is where we shall leave it this week. Um, again, as we cross the ten game threshold here in the next few days, next week's episode will hopefully be chock a block full of hockey talk, unless a whole bunch of shit happens again, but we'll do our <laughs> very best. Uh, don't forget, if you were one of our first five TM mailbag a- uh, answerers, askers, thank you for those of you who've sent us your email via email, your addresses. We're going to get that pride tape out to you. If you haven't, send that over. If you don't have pride merch from Too Many Men, you can get that at toomanymenmerch.com. We have sweatshirts, hats, hoodies. We have torts merch. We have regular TMM merch. We have friend of the pod merch. And we have everything your little heart could ever want so that you can represent the Too Many Men brand, which is everyone's life purpose and dream, I know. <laughs> um, if you want to connect with us on social, don't forget we are at two underscore much underscore man on the Instagram and on the Twitter and on Blue Sky. We are at two hyphen much hyphen man. We'd love to connect and hear from you there. And until we talk again next week, we ask all of you to please do something, no matter how big or small, to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. Love ya. Bye.